The first lesson is taken from the 25th chapter of Isaiah. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you, I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Plans formed of old, faithful and sure, for you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm, and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the, no the noise of aliens like heat in a dry palace. You subdued the heat with the sh shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, a rich food filled with marrow of well-aged wine strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all the faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Here ends the first lesson. We will now read Psalm 23 responsibly by verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. The second lesson is taken from the fourth chapter of Phil Philippians. My brothers and sisters, who I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord this way. My beloved, I urge Euodia and I urge Sinechi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal compassion, and help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of my gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if 
there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Here ends the second lesson. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my ox and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet, wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. At this time, the children's sermon. It's good to be have the choir with us. Thank you. Look forward to the anthem that's coming. Thanks to Ashley for reading the lesson with those names in it that were difficult. Thank you. Good job. Good morning. Good to see you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So today in the lessons that we read, we've heard a lot about a banquet and a feast, haven't we? And a banquet is what? Do you have an idea what a banquet is? Well, a banquet, well, it's sort of like a birthday or a wedding. It's a, it's a big dinner with a lot of people, maybe a Thanksgiving banquet, a Christmas banquet, a Easter banquet, food and many people uh, to celebrate and be in a, a time of joy together. And I'm sure the bulletin cover was great because it had a picture of a table uh, with, with food on it as if uh, a kind of reminding us of the meals we might have at home. And what's amazing is that a meal has been set for us right here, right now. Not quite, but we'll have a sermon. 
and then we'll do some prayers, and then we have a meal. Members of the congregation set that table, and they do it in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a very holy moment to set the table. Even at home, when mom or dad or you set the table, it's kind of a holy moment because you're preparing for your guests, and those who set that table have a holy gift, and they set the table of Jesus. And in this meal, at this table, that we also call the altar, altar meaning a place we meet God. And as that table is set and we share the meal, it will be bread and wine or grape juice. You will receive it. And in this meal, it's the meal where Jesus comes to us in love to forgive our sins, to give us a foretaste of the meal that is coming in heaven, and to tell us that he loves us. So with all that said, I'm thinking, are the, at the tables at your home and at my home, we, we generally have enough food for everybody. Uh, last night we ordered a meal, we hoped it would be delivered, and it didn't come right away, and we got kind of frightened. We wouldn't have been hungry if the meal hadn't come, but what the meal was is what we wanted, like pizza. Anyway, it was late, and that threw everything off. But I'm saying... When you go home, you'll have a meal, and hopefully there'll be plenty of things on the table. And there are people in our community and, and world where the tables that they have to eat around will be bare. And that's what you as a congregation do with the, good, the shepherd's closet. You, you give food and clothing to people whose tables might not be full. Next Sunday, I'm, I'd like you... I'm going to give these out first. I'd like you to bring just a cup of soup that we could give to someone to help create a banquet in their home, somewhat like this banquet that Jesus prepares for us in Holy Communion. And you can bring a can of soup. It doesn't have to be Campbell's, okay? I know there's a Campbell's label there. That's okay. Oh, you gave you two. Then we'll go there. So we are asking you to bring a can of soup, and that'll get ready for the November gift of, uh, that we're giving at the Good Shepherd closet. But then I'm giving you something else. Do you like a word, uh, word puzzle, a word find? This is a word find. Is that what we call it? A what? Word search. Word search, not a word. Well, you're going to be good at this one. All the words I said, if you can believe it, are on this, in here, in this banquet. You could do this at lunch and have a great time. I do have a sheet with the answers, but I'm going to let, oh, here's my sheet that I worked on. I'm going to let, um, oops, how did I give you the answer sheet? <laughs> did you want the answer sheet? You're, I'm sorry. I get mixed up. So the answer sheet, I'm going to, you can come up after church or get your they're right here mom and dad and just take them I, I don't think I'm going to give them out now because you might do this in um, in the children's I know something's planned but a word I should have talked to you a word search is all we, yeah word search that's sticking okay so we hope you find the 20 words I'm sure you will know some of those are sticking not the quickest person to pass out. And then, that's good, then the, uh, the, the answer sheets are up here. They're the ones in the, 
well, you'll see the red sheets. I'm going to cover it, cover that, let you come up if you want. Some might not even want the answer sheet because you'll be so good you'll get it anyway. Okay? Amen. May Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless each of you as we all find ways to share the gifts that we have with those around us who may not have as much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay, so you can go to Children's Church and Betty's ready. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Gospel and true to your gracious love, that we may do and fulfill your will in all the world and in our community, in our church, in our home. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a difficult and sorrowful time that we share now with each other, with all people, and with everyone in this garden of God. I'm coming with a heavy heart. It's good to see you, and you lift my heart. But with the violence in Israel last Saturday, the violence in Gaza, and the more than year and a half violence in the Ukraine, and with other sites of violence in this garden of God, with so many children, infants, parents, and elderly, innocent civilians caught in the middle of the anger and of the fear and of the hatred and of the retribution, we all feel the pain and we all share the agony. It reminded me of the Holy Innocents martyrs. I know you know this is in Matthew's Gospel. They were the infant martyrs that we remember on December 28th every year. It's on our church calendar. The Holy Innocent Martyrs. Children of Bethlehem, two years old and younger, who were killed by the order of Herod, who feared that his reign was threatened by the birth of an infant who would be a new king, Jesus. And so he struck out in anger and violence. We pray for peace and we work for reconciliation among us and among all people. By the grace of God, with everything that's happening in Israel and Gaza and that's been happening in the Ukraine, these lessons today portray the reign of God as a lavish banquet, open to both the good and the bad, to the faithful and the unfaithful, to the insiders and the outsiders, to the found and to the lost. The reign of God is about to be offered to us in Holy Communion as the banquet of the Lamb, called the foretaste of the feast to come, the Lord's Supper, his last supper on earth before he died. Easter is called the Feast of Feasts. In Judaism, there is the Passover Feast. In Islam, Ramadan is a month-long period 
of fasting and prayer from sunup until sundown with a joyous feast at the end of the month. In the Bible, feasting is about celebrating all that God provides. God provides enough for all people to be fed, and we strive to feed those who are hungry in our community and world. Again, you have a very good outreach in the shepherd's closet with the gift of clothing and food for others. And meals together in community build community and build our care for each other. This meal of Holy Communion strengthens and builds the community we share. In this meal we receive, as you know, the body and blood of Christ as our food. Christ is food for the whole world. In Holy Communion, sins forgiven, a foretaste of the feast to come, and Christ reminds us that he loves us. And from this meal, we are sent out. We are sent out with a really important mission. It's the ministry of reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. That means creating and working for just and loving and caring and right relationships with each other and with all people. I've used the word a lot because it's at the heart of who we are. Reconciled people who are living reconciled to each other. Reconciled to God, then we are called to practice and seek reconciliations in our families, in our community, in our church, in the world. If congregations cannot work toward reconciliation and loving relationships with each other, coming together in love and still able to serve, even in times of disagreement, if congregations can't do that, how can we be servants of reconciliation? How can we offer forgiveness or be a sign of love in our community if we can't love and forgive and be in right relationships with each other? In light of recent current events, which I've already mentioned, we hope that nations and people would seek reconciliation more often than retribution or revenge. It's the ministry to which we are called and the small steps to reconciliation that you and I make here I believe, reach out through the whole world. In Philippians, that lesson we just read also today, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Gentleness, compassion, empathy, listening, our paths toward reconciliation and love with each other and all people. There's nothing to be ashamed of to be a gentle person. Gentleness does not mean we are weak. On the contrary, gentleness is a sign of inner strength that comes from Almighty God. In today's lessons, there are two very different kinds of banquets. 
They are both about an invitation to all people and about God giving love. In Isaiah 25, we find a feast of rich food, well-aged wines for all people on this mountaintop. This feast celebrates God swallowing up death forever. It is the feast where God wipes all tears away from the faces of all people. And it is a feast that celebrates God as giver of shelter, life, and comfort. It is a feast of reconciliation coming together. These words were first addressed to the people of Israel who were in exile in Babylon, and it gave them hope for the future. In Isaiah 25, going to this banquet where tears are wiped away is based on something that's hard for us to do, and it's called waiting, waiting on the Lord. And they said, so this is our God, and we will wait for Him. Because in the waiting, God will save us. Patient waiting is about allowing some time and space in our busy and full lives for God to form us. It's important to be listening to God in silence and waiting. Patient waiting is that undistracted attention to God that we can give, present now and in each moment of our lives. Patient waiting leads to hearts and lives ready for the invitation to the banquet, instead of hearts and minds that are focused on work, pleasure, getting, and having more. Those waiting for the Lord experience tears wiped away. And you know that's true because you have experienced it, I'm sure, in your lives. And when we are too busy and distracted, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in our lives. So this first banquet in Isaiah is about God reconciling the whole world and all people. To God's self. The second banquet in Matthew 22 is very challenging. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. The king's slaves were sent to all those who had been invited and they did not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, there's a great, wonderful banquet. It's ready. Let's go. Come to the banquet. But those invited make fun of the invitation and go away, one to the farm, another to his business, while the rest sees the slaves mistreat and kill those bringing the invitation. Can you imagine that? Killing the one who brought you an invitation, even if you didn't want to go? Wow. Well, the king was angry. He sent his troops destroyed those murderers and burned their city. There is no reconciliation in this part of this parable. And we only see that violence that begins continues to grow and grow. What is Jesus telling us? The king said to the slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. So again, they are sent into the street. The wedding hall is filled with guests, both good and bad. One of the themes that Jesus really wants us to understand is that the king's continuing invitation 
is continuous until the hall is filled. And even when it's filled, the invitation continues, an invitation without limits. And then there is this puzzling part of this parable where there's one guest with no wedding garment. He is thrown into darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why is this individual without a wedding garment thrown out in condemnation when the slaves who offered and brought him in didn't say, hey, go home and get that wedding garment before you come or they're going to bind you and throw you out. No warning, but he's there. What's going on? Doesn't seem fair. The central message of this parable is that the establishment and the government and the, which was Rome, and the religious authorities, well, they just downright refused God's invitation in the ministry of Jesus, and they thought they had it right, and so they rejected him, as you know. And so it does apply to them in that sense. At at the same time, the parable also has this guest that's not clad in the right clothing, bound hand and foot and thrown out of the banquet. Scholars believe that St. Matthew is telling the parable of Jesus from the point of view of Matthew's community. The focus is upon those who bear the name of Christ but do not live in a Christ-like manner. Those who say they are Christians but do not live with any sense of thanksgiving for God's garden or love of others. They may be the ones who carry the name of Christ but in no way reflect the love of Christ. The man who is thrown out of the wedding banquet is a warning to all Christians to not let our faith become a pious lethargy, a warning to not be complacent in the practice of our faith, not self-satisfied or at ease with regard to the stewardship of God's gifts to us. It is a warning not to use the name of Christ to judge or harm others because there is one judge and God is the judge that we trust and we are not afraid of the judgment of God. So in this parable, Jesus is reminding us dramatically that even in a Christian congregation, there, be mo- there may be moments that God's judgment comes. For being at the banquet doesn't mean we have on the right clothes. And the right clothes, I think you know, are living reconciled to God and sharing the grace and love and mercy of God with each other and all people. Those are the clothing of this banquet of Christ our Lord, reconciled, loving, and forgiving. Being at the banquet means we have accepted the gift of God's grace and the baptismal covenant is upon us. Forgiveness of sins, right relationship with God, and the mission to share that 
reconciled love with each other and all people is what and who we are called to be. We have been invited and welcomed to the banquet and we have been given the right clothing. We are called now to not grow tired or discouraged in doing God's will, but to love in word and deed. Dorothea of Gaza, a sixth century monk said, there is no way to move toward God without drawing closer to other people and no way to approach other people without coming near to God. An important word for us today. Approaching and drawing close to others, even the enemy, is the heart of the ministry of reconciliation. And it is what Christ did for us and what he calls us to do for each other and all people, those ripples of reconciliation out into the world. I want to come back to the one that was thrown out. I feel for that individual. I identify with him. I am sure there are times in my life that my baptismal garment was not on straight, or the deed I did or left undone was not what I was called to be doing. And so I identify with him as a warning from God about that place of weeping and gnashing of teeth where he was placed. But for me, the bottom line is this, really. I trust God's judgment because I know I am in need and I know I have done things poorly or incorrectly or maybe have hurt people. I trust God's judgment and I trust God's grace to wipe away all tears and bring us back to the banquet of the Lamb. In Jesus, God's grace prevails over our tears, weeping and sin. And that is the essence of the banquet of the Lamb, which is Holy Communion, which we are about to share. A taste of what is coming a banquet of complete reconciliation with each other and all people. In Israel and Gaza and the Ukraine, that reconciliation seems far away. But it is here today in this meal we share. And when we share it here, it will ripple out to the whole garden. And I believe touch those in Israel and Gaza and the Ukraine with the mercy and love of Almighty God. Amen.